Welcome to the altar. Um, as we were singing, come to the altar. Welcome to the altar. Uh, welcome to uh, the worship of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're new here, a special welcome to you. Um, as we've been worshiping, isn't it so true? How wonderful is our Savior. Oh, see how great he is, worthy of our praise. Um, it's so great to worship with all of you today. Um, I'm going to read today's scripture reading, so if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew 6, verse 22 and 23. Um, I'll be reading from the ESV Bible. This is the word of the Lord today, and then I'm going to introduce our guest speaker. Matthew 6, verse 22, Jesus says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This is the word of the Lord. Uh, four times a year, we try to have um, our education sermon. Um, if you're new to our church, we have a unique setup where our church mosaic, we partner with Chode Church, and we together educate uh, the children uh, from our congregation and from Chode together. And today is our last one for the year, and uh, we have a very special guest speaker, uh, Pastor Karen O, oh, who is here to present God's Word. Um, she's currently the pastor of KKM, which means that she oversees the uh, children from third to fifth grade, uh, that upper elementary, but actually she's been at Chode for about 13 years, and she's been serving the elementary students um, at Chode. But uh, what I didn't find out until recently was actually she was also a youth pastor for um, junior high and senior high before when she was doing ministry in New York. And so she's been ministering to young people um, of various different ages uh, for about 25 years, um, and she's been um, serving the Lord in this way, but uh, I think the, the most heartfelt thing I can say about Pastor Karen um, is um, her godliness and, and love as a mother. Um, she has uh, two uh, great sons, one of whom is a part of our church, um, and her love and her care, her sensitivity um, towards um, her sons. As young parents or as older parents is something that we can learn from, um, and today um, I've asked her to come and speak to us about how God sees children and how we are to see children. So as our guest speaker comes up, let's warmly welcome her as she comes to give us God's word. Thank you for those kind words, Pastor Dave. Um, um, it's such an honor and privilege to stand here before you. Uh, you know, when I think of mosaic, there are some pictures of faces that comes to my mind. First, it's uh, Pastor Dave. Um, you know, I remember when I first asked Pastor Dave if he would speak for our kids, and he said he's not good um, with speaking with the kids. And, um, but that was proven wrong. He made time, time and again. He walked across the plaza um, on Sunday. You know how demanding his works here, you know, his ministry here is, but he would walk... Um, you know, and KKM is right over there. And it, it was to speak to a handful of kids in our young disciples group. And every time he caught their attention, spoke to their heart. And so we, you know, had him for our VBS, our retreat, and Sunday um, school. <laughs> and um, he's never too busy to meet with those handful of children. So I'm so grateful. 
And um, another group of people are, you know, the faces who are serving at education department from Mosaic, wonderful people. Um, if I can just mention a couple um, whom I had the privilege to work with and learn from their faithful service and genuine heart. Miss um, Gina, I don't know if she's here, was Gina Choi, was at um, KKM right from the start when I was appointed to serve there. And um, Mr. Han Kim, if you know him, <laughs> he, he was uh, right there from the start when we launched uh, Awana Club, 10, uh, it was 2010 at Chode. And so I'm talking about more than 10 years that they have faithfully served and influenced others with their authentic faith. And they were a great role model, not only to kids, but, but to other teachers. Um, yeah, and so these people come into my mind when I think of Mosaic. Um, and another thing is that my son belongs here. Ooh, there he is. <laughs> my son, uh, that's my second son, Chris. And it's his church. That's uh, one of the biggest reasons Mosaic is dear to my heart. Um, you know, some people say Mosaic is an independent church or it's a separate church from Chode, and I, I correct them. No, it's interdependent church. <laughs> and um, yeah, Mosaic is like a family. My um, elder or, you know, our elementary um, elder, he put it this way. Um, it's more like Mosaic and Chode relationship. It's more like a son who got married. You know, it's, it's family. Yeah. Um, the passage that P. Dave read for us, Matthew 6, 23, came to my heart as I was preparing the message. Um, it's important what we see, you know. Um, there's a game I had played with my boys when we were on the road back when they were young. I bet... Um, you know, some of the parents here do the same thing that I'm doing. We're on the road and we see this beautiful landscape, you know, hills, meadows, rocky cliffs, and the kids, you know, I'm telling them, look outside, and they're playing cards or, <laughs> you know, uh, watching video. So I keep saying, come on, look outside, look, look what's out there. And so I start um, with this game, I spy with my little eye something green. And then um, all of a sudden, they're looking outside and they're searching. And of course, everything's green, right? And it's going to take them some time to guess what I'm looking at, which is you know, something small and something you know, hard to find. And to my satisfaction, satisfaction, their eyes are seeing the beautiful scenery. The eye of the lamp, eye is the lamp of the body, says Jesus. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. He's asking, what are you seeing? Are you seeing things right? Theologian Dallas Willard, um, he puts it this way. And uh, this kind of gave me a clearer um, understanding. And he said, there are two different landscapes. There's kingdom of this world and there's God's kingdom. Uh, like when we say kingdom kids, we're talking about the kingdom of God. And, and he says, when Jesus proclaimed the kingdom of God is at hand, and that's what he did, right, as he started his ministry, 
that means the kingdom of God is available to you. In Christ, we are able to be part of that kingdom and see what the world do not. The Holy Spirit helps us to see what we haven't seen before. We see God working. Um, he also defines salvation. He says, salvation is being caught up with what Jesus Christ is doing today on earth. Let me say that again. Salvation is being caught up with what Jesus Christ is doing today on earth. As followers of Christ, we ought to see more of what Jesus is doing on this earth, in this world. He defines grace as God acting in our life constantly. You know, we were separated from God. We were impossible. We, we were, you know, the Bible says there's no one righteous, not even one, no one who understands, no one who seeks God. Um, but in Christ, through Christ, we became God's children, and now there is that interaction with God, and it's a constant interaction with God, and that's a gift. That's grace. And he says grace is constant interaction with God. The question is, are we seeing, even as Christians, are we seeing what we ought to see? Uh, we may notice a child's appearance and say, oh, Kikota, you're, you're um, sorry, <laughs> you're tall, and, or you're, you know, something about their nose, what it looks like, or, you know, you have slanted eyes or big eyes, whatever, and say, oh, he's handsome, she's pretty. But we can be blind to the fact that he is God's masterpiece. She is made in God's image. And so he can reflect what God is like to the world. She can reflect God to the world. We may notice my kid's great academic performance, and, but not see how God wired him. Um, and how they are even ready to use their gift to make that contribution and give to those who need. We can get focused on making my child happy and provide him with abundant material goods, but we may not be able to see his unsettled soul, um, his weary heart. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light, says Jesus. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. Um, when Chris was um, second or third grade, I think, there was a period, I'm not going to talk about you so much, okay? This, this, this one illustration. Um, when he, he wrote a letter to um, our family, and he put it in our mailbox. And it was a period of time he kept doing that, you know? He repeatedly did that. And I was delighted to find a letter from my son. And um, I read it. I'm like, I smiled, and I thanked him. And this is one of my greatest regret um, when I think about parenting. That was no time to just smile and thank him. I should have written back, and I didn't, not once. I should have written back and put it in the mailbox. 
I missed the opportunity to start a wonderful conversation. Who knows, that could have lasted a lifetime. And I was not seeing the opportunity. I was too occupied with my works at hand. You know, there may be things that are going on that matters a lot, and we may not be seeing it. We just might not be getting it. And I want to talk about faith. And I'm ta- um, I read this in a book called It's Just the Faith, so don't miss it. It's, it's a book um, from Rethink Group. You might have heard the Orange Group, and it's from that resource. And it talks about four phase, um, preschool, elementary, junior high, senior high, four phase. And it gives us a word that we can remember. It's easy to remember, and, um, and we can reach out. When we were reaching out to kids, my child in that age, this is the word that we can grab onto. And it's for preschool, it's embrace. For elementary kids, it's engage. For junior high, it's affirm. And for senior high, it's mobilize. Um, Before I talk more about phase, I want to just mention how we, as family and church, we need to partner together. Parents and church, we need to be on the same page and and work together um, as we're serving the next generation. Parents are important people. Right? Parents know um, a child's history, your child's history. Starting from birth, parents uh, get to know one kid through multiple phases. Because of this, they know their child's pattern, tendencies, preferences, behavior better than anyone. There's no expert who can really know a child the way their own parent does. And parent is the primary influence in a child's life. Church, on the other hand, I'm talking about pastor, Sunday school teachers, you know, staff and leaders. They have seen kids of that same age group for a longer time. So small group leaders and teachers, they have advantage parents don't have. They get to know multiple kids through one phase. And um, because of this, they may discover something about your child quicker than parents. For parents, when they realize something about their kid and they want to do something about it, it may be a little late. They might be seeing from you know, hindsight because the kid is already moving on to the, the next phase. And church can help parents understand general characteristics of a phase so they can readjust their parenting skills. You see, like parenting a preschooler takes different skills than parenting a middle schooler. So we need to partner together. Um, Another reason why we need to partner together is Sunday school, church. We meet kids for, let's say, for the whole year, 50 hours, 60 hours, when parents, they have more than 4,000 hours with them. So if what is proclaimed and taught at the church, is not taught at home, it's not talked about at home, it's not amplified during the week, we don't have much chance to compete with all the voices of the world. So we have this mission statement. Education department exists to raise with family 
God-worshipping and witnessing generation. Now, about faith. Uh, by the way, this orange group is one of the pioneers in equipping churches uh, to serve children and youth. Now, even if you're not a parent, okay, please don't zone out because I'm talking about parenting, because even if you're not a parent, you may be uncle, aunt to a kid, you may be a big brother, sister to a teenager, um, you may be serving in a Sunday school, you may know this kid at church or in your community that you care about. So I think, you know, this is for all of us. Every kid is changing physically, mentally, relationally, culturally, emotionally, and morally. Every phase has distinctive opportunities you need to leverage. Because in every phase, there are opportunities to help kids know God, relate to God, and experience God's love. So first, preschool, the big word was if you can remember, still remember, embrace, yes, embrace. Um, more scholars emphasize the importance of early years, especially the first three years, you know, they came into this world. They say it's going to affect the rest of their life. So at that stage, a child is totally dependent on the parent. Um, so they would, he, she would cry when it's wet, when they're hungry, when it's cold or hot, and a loving parent would come to change, feed, put on blanket for the child, and the child feels secure, and the child is satisfied. This is a time to embrace them physically, and we should take time to do that. We should let mothers and fathers do that. It will pass. It will pass very quickly. And it's not easy caring for the very young, um, but I believe God sees that, God honors that when we embrace the preschooler. Elementary age, the big word is engage. Brain research suggests that during this elementary years, maybe like years Four, four years old to 11 years old, kids learn information quickly and easily. And just because kids in this phase are eager learners doesn't mean they learn like adults. They still, um, they're concrete thinkers still, and they need repetition and clear application. They're like scientists. They learn best when they can observe something in their present environment. The more fr frequently a new concept can be connected to everyday experience, the better. This is a, you know, I, I love my, the ministry that I'm serving, that, that age group. They are capable and they're still dependent. It's golden age of childhood, like, you know, starting from second grade, third grade, fourth grade. You know, they are not especially needy. Uh, some might even begin to stay home alone for a couple of hours without babysitter. They are still kids. They are impressionable, enthusiastic, eager, excited about what you're excited about. So these are times when, you know, the adults' parents says, oh, it's great, I'm so excited, hey, let's, and, and they'll get excited because you're excited. 
Um, these are times when we can make good memories and build relational credit. When we're building uh, memories, I'm not talking about we have to fly to Paris or you know Hawaii, but it's something, you know, best way to shape a child's character and faith is through small, consistent deposits. Um, my older son, when he was painting, the teacher at the school teacher told him to draw, told the class to draw what was memorable to them. And, and he would draw planting flower with mom. He would draw playing soccer with dad. These were the memories. Fun over time makes a friendship go deeper. And this is a time when we need to engage with what interests them. Make time. You know, um, the time we spend with kids as parents, uh, with preschoolers, you probably may spend 12 hours, if you're a stay-at-home mom, um, 12 hours. That is reduced to six hours during elementary age, and then that is reduced to four hours in junior high, and then two hours in senior high. Uh, by the way, do you know that there are, from birth, to the time they move out of house, um, when they're graduating at 12, uh, 12th grade, uh, they say it's, it's about 936 weeks. And when they reach third grade, that's KKM, that's, you know, half of that is already gone and half is left. So, um, you know, the orange from that team, they were suggesting, why don't you get a transparent jar and fill it up with 936 marbles. And so every week, just pull out those marbles each week. You, it could be a short prayer time. You know, you can do that together with a family, like a ritual. But it, it's not to give, you know, put guilt on you. <laughs> it's not to, but it's more um, to help you remember that every week, it matters, and you got to be intentional about, intentional, um, about how you spend time each week with your um, child. I'm going to move on to junior high. Junior high, the big word is affirm. Um, as they reach puberty, they see changes in their body. You see changes in their voice, and they may feel too tall, too short. There's growth spurt, you know, in one year, they can grow this much, know that, right? And they feel quite awkward. Muscle may not be developed as quickly as the bone is growing, and their limbs can feel way longer compared to the other parts. Um, they feel clumsy. They could actually be clumsy. They fall, they spill. Um, for these reasons and, and more, they feel... Um, self-conscious, they're, they're self-conscious and they can lack confidence. And they're asking questions like, who am I? Where do I belong? Um, friends become way more important than parents, you know, starting this age. And I remember my older son suddenly wearing this baggy pants. I don't know where he got it, like each... <laughs> and his hairstyle was changing and... Um, like, what's going on? And then I saw how his friends were doing the same thing. They were all wearing these baggy pants. But 
thank goodness that didn't last long. <laughs> he came back. <laughs> yeah. Um, parents, yeah, that's uh, junior high. And senior high, the big word is mobilize. These, you know, high school students ask questions like, um, how can I matter? What will I do? And, you know, I would like to appeal to church. You know the famous uh, passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6? You know, when, when they're talking about parenting, they uh, quote this passage a lot. It starts with, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gate. Now here, Moses is old, and um, they're facing the promised land. He's not going with them. And Moses is speaking to the people like a father, um, by, as if he's sitting by a fireplace, and he's gentle, and he's talking to the children like a father. And, and he's not just talking to parents. If you take a closer look, he says, Hear, O Israel, and he's talking to the church. He's talking to the whole tribe. And in it, there are parents, yes, but there are aunts and uncles, and there, there are grandparents. There are big sisters and brothers. And he's talking to the whole community. It's not a small unit of family that we have today. And parents are not singled out for this enormous task at hand. So as our children and youth grow, they need church. They need mentors, another adult in their life who would speak truth to them with the same value as the parent. My kids, when they were in high school, they come home from church and tell me they're all excited. They said, oh, our pastor said this. Our Sunday school teacher said this. I'm like, duh, I've been saying that all these years. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, but as if they dis discover something new, there comes a time when they zone out from the parent, what the parent says. And, and it's so important that they have another significant adult in their life who can speak you know, with the same value. Not only is the church um, important to belong and feel accepted, but also to contribute and give. They need to have a place where they can contribute and give. You know, most of our children uh, never really believe they are significant until we give them something significant to do. We tell them, you're important, you're significant, but we never give them something significant to do. I think they'll have a hard time believing us. Uh, at KKM, one of the joy um, I have is that at KKM, we have half of our teachers are high school students and half are adults. Um, during, I don't think 
KKM can stand without these teen volunteers. So grateful for them. During um, the COVID lockdown, a lot of the adult uh, teachers, they wanted to take break because, you know, to lead small group on Zoom was challenging for them. They, they've never done it. But these were the times when teenagers, they stepped in and, um, and they did a great job, wonderful job. And there were even teams of parent-child leaders. You know what I'm saying? Like dad and a teenage son would become one team as they lead the small group. We had about four or five teams like that, you know, mother and son, you know. And they, teen, they are tech savvy, they're better communicator, you know, they speak English better. And, and parent, uh, the parent teacher can uh, communicate with the, the parents and um, provide other mature guidance. So if I can sum it up, when we embrace preschoolers physically, it gives a first impression of a heavenly father. They know they are being loved when they are embraced, and that gives them a foundation of getting to know the wonderful God the Father. When we engage the interests of children, it provokes them to know God personally. When we affirm a middle schooler's identity and we say, you're okay, then it gives a safe place to process doubts and they know they are in safe hand. When we mobilize a teenager's potential, it develops a personal vision for the future. Um, I ask church that, you know, when we embrace, engage, and when we do this, we're, we're actually fighting for them. We're fighting the good fight. It's not fighting against them. And I know, you know, at home, when they reach certain age and they're becoming rebellious, fights <laughs> happen. But we can't be fighting against them, right? We have, to, we have to be fighting for them. And when we do this, when we embrace, engage, affirm, and mobilize, we are fighting for them. Um, if I may have, am I running out of time, Pastor David? Okay. <laughs> I think I can speak on behalf of older generation. I know Mosaic has people of all age, but looking at your congregation as a whole, um, you have many younger generation compared to Chode. You'll know what I mean when, if you come to visit like 750 service at Chode. Yeah, um, you know, the Korean older generation, if I may speak for them, like, like me, we may often sound rude and uh, look rude. Uh, but if you can uh, give us the benefit of the doubt, many times we fall short on our expression. And it happens to me too. I may have a better... Um, English pronunciation because I, I lived in Hawaii when I was four. So, you know, in my young age, but, but then I went back to Korea. So, you know, I am having very difficult time if I, you know, speaking in English, you wouldn't know. People don't, don't know. They say yeah, I'm on 1.5, but you know, oh, Pastor Dave would know. I'm <laughs> having a hard time. Um, and we, 
you know, give us the benefit of the doubt. We, many times we fall short on our expression. Um, it's not about being defiant. Uh, it's just that we cannot sometimes express with the limited language skills or with cultural difference. Recently, Mosaic and Chode have been working together for the fall festival, it was announced, right? And I think it's uh, first of its kind to, to work together in a joint effort. And I um, have been working with Dan and Bob, and I truly appreciate them and enjoyed working together because um, I see how patient they are, and they're trying to understand where we are coming from. And it's like we're fighting the good fight. Um, yeah, so I want to ask, um, you know, our relationship, parent-child relationship is worth fighting for. Our chode mosaic relationship is worth fighting for. I'm going to close with um, Hebrews 12, 2. And this is Jesus, right? It's a well-known verse. It says, um, you know, I mean, the Hebrew writer, he's saying, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus was facing cross. He saw the angry man. He, he saw everything. He saw the nail that will pierce his hand, the rugged cross. Um, but he saw beyond. And it says, for the joy set before him. He saw people redeemed. Families restored, grace lavished, and souls saved. So despite the shame and pain and the weight that he had to carry, he saw beyond and he saw us. He saw his church that the cross would bring forth. And so he scorned at the shame he had to face, the pain that he had to face. And what he saw gave him strength to carry on. And I hope and pray that God would open our eyes so we may see with spiritual eyes just as Jesus did. And when we're seeing our kids, children, and youth, that we would see with our spiritual eyes, with the eyes that God sees them, and that we may, as church together, serve them. Would you bow your head with me and would you pray with me? Let's, let's pray. Lord, you are good. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for redeeming us. We thank you for gathering us as church. Help us, Lord, Mosaic Church and Chode Church, to fix our eyes on you. Help us see the things that you are doing. 
Help us see the wonderful Christ. Help us see the precious souls of children and youth. Help us to embrace them so they may be amazed and filled with wonder of who you are. Help us to engage them so they may be inspired with your word and inspired with the the story that you're writing in their life. Help us to affirm them so they may know that they are in safe hand. And help us, Lord, even though it's difficult and challenging at times, to include them and mobilize them so they may discover their calling. They may discover how useful they can be. They may discover how significant they are and how significant their works can be. Pray this in the precious name of Jesus.